Good evening. Thank you for joining us tonight, the second night of Holy Convocation 2022. Uh, this is Bishop Alfred Jackson coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International. Of course, tonight I'm coming to you from my home as I did on last night. Uh, because of COVID-19 concerns, our Holy Convocation services are being done virtually, but Throughout the day, throughout the week, we're fasting, we're in the scriptures, we're seeking the Lord, because this is our time of consecration as we hear the word of the Lord coming to us at the beginning of this year. This is Holy Convocation. It's what we do every year. It's what we do every year uh, at the beginning of each year. This is nothing new for us. So it's my prayer tonight that you will be blessed through the word of the Lord coming from Minister Shalete Smalls. Uh, I pray uh, that the Lord will bless you, that the Lord will stir your heart, and that the Word of God will powerfully impact you. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. So, Father, we thank you now. We bless you. We praise you. We magnify you. We give you glory. We give you honor, and we give you praise. You are the sovereign God. You reign supreme, and you reign alone. Father, move by your Spirit tonight. Touch our hearts, Lord, as we have consecrated ourselves to hear from you. Speak, Lord. For your servants here, in Jesus' name, we do pray. Amen. The title of my message tonight is very simple. It is Uncomplicating the Complicated. And before I get into my uh, sermon on tonight, I want to read to you the theme scripture for our uh, Holy Convocation and, uh, well, for the year. And it comes from Acts chapter 20, verse 24, okay? And it says, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. When Pastor Jackson gave us the lead in for 2022 and used this as our springboard scripture, I, I, I was floored because this scripture brings us back to some essential foundation that I believe that the body of Christ has forgotten about. I am sure, like I did, many of you, when we were given the uh, theme of completing the task, your mind immediately went to the things that you may have left undone in 2021 or even in years past, things that you meant to get back to, but either didn't have the time to get back to it, perhaps not knowing how to finish it up or what to do with it. That's where my, my mind went first. I was like, okay, there's a book I need to write. There's some things I wanna do in my house that I've left undone. There's some items, some line items that just need to be cleaned up in my life that I've left on uh, the back burner and would say, well, I'll just get back to that. And those things are important. We should make sure that we tie up loose ends. Those things are important. But this year, God is bringing us back to his heart, 
And his heart is to see those who are not saved, those who are lost, those who have never had an encounter with God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of you and me. He wants to see people know him and know him better. And before I get into that, I, I'm going to share five top reasons, and then we'll get into that part of the text here. But I looked up five top reasons why people do not complete or finish tasks, and they are as follows. Number one, not sure what to do. No realistic goal. Number two, have no deadline. Nothing is set in place for you to say, okay, I have to get this done by this date. Number three, not sure what the outcome is going to be once you complete it. Sometimes we like to know ahead of time what to expect. And when we don't know what to expect, it, it sometimes it throws us off, off our game. Next, number four, we're not held accountable um, to take ownership and responsibility to see a thing to its end. And number five, and this is very important, we don't consider the consequences. We don't consider the consequences that happen as a result of us not finishing or completing our task. Remember I said earlier that, yes, it is important for us to finish our natural tasks, our secular task, tasks. We should finish those things, but our lives are not just that. The sum total of our lives as believers is to extend ourselves outside of ourselves to someone else. We want to be more than present and accounted for in the earth. I'm here. You know how when we were in church regularly, there may be times that people may come to church just to say, oh, I was at church. Oh, I, I did my due diligence. I was there. Oh, I paid my tithes. I paid my assessments. You don't want your life just to be the sum total, total of just being present. You want your presence to count in the earth. I often say, I want this to be my epitaph on my, on my grave, on my, on my tombstone. I lived a life that was poured out. I like how Paul said in the scriptures, I fought a good fight. He knew in all confidence that what he gave out wasn't lazy or sloppy or half done. It wasn't half-hearted or done sloppily. What he gave, <clears throat> excuse me, out to the Lord in spreading the gospel, he did it with all of the passion and all of the further, fervor, fervor, that he can muster. I don't know about you, but when I meet Jesus face to face, I don't want him to say to me, oh, you did good, you did okay. I want him to say to me, well done, my good and faithful servant. So I, I want to 
help us on today in a very practical manner. And this may not be the most popular sermon topic because honestly, outside of our ministry, and when I scroll through Facebook or scroll through different sermons I see on uh, YouTube, the topic of winning people to Christ is not a popular one. People don't seem to stay engaged when you begin talking about your assignment first and foremost being that to seek and save the lost. It seems archaic now. It seems like it's not that much of the matter anymore. It is not paramount. It's not, it is not the essential thing for believers. You know what's more, most essential for believers now when you look or you scroll and you hear messages? It's about me. How to better myself. You know, you know, living your best life. You know, making sure that you get yours or we get ours. This is what has now become the essential thing. Making sure that you're okay emotionally, mentally, physically. And I'm not saying that those things are wrong. You should take care of you. You should make sure that you're okay mentally, spiritually, physically, emotionally. We have to make sure, excuse me, and bring balance to all parts of our lives. But what about the very heart of God? Seeking and saving the lost. See, our goal should not be to be famous, uh, to be Instagram famous, uh, to be TikTok famous, Facebook famous. <clears throat> Our goal is not to see how many likes we get on a post or on a, on a photo. Those things are fun and they have their place. But what about the people that are looking at your postings, your Instagram postings, your TikToks on a daily basis? How do they see Christ? What are they gleaning from you that will give them life? So today, what I hear the Lord saying to us, his people, is that we need to reconnect to the heart of God. The Bible tells us that we are to first seek ye the kingdom of God, and then all other things will be added to us. Now, I know that this is going to be a difficult task because we have connected to so many other different things that have now taken first position in our goals and in our lives. To change it is going to be a difficult task. And it's gonna be across the board for all of us. We're going to have to learn or relearn all over what God really is passionate about and then reconnecting our passion to that of God. God was very clear in his word what his passion is. You know, from the very onset, onset in the Garden of Eden, 
We saw the passion of God after the fall of man in the garden. God wanted Adam, Adam and Eve to be reconciled to him. And in the Garden of Eden, we see the scarlet thread beginning to bloom and bloom from Genesis to Revelation. God put a strategy in place in the Old Testament that symbolized the blood covenant that was going to be um, done all the way through sufficiently through Jesus Christ. So God's heart has always been, listen to me good, has always been and will always be until Jesus, Jesus comes back to reconnect the people to him. You know, he, he loved us so much. And if nothing else tells you the passion of God for people, if no other scripture shows you the passion of God for people, um, I can point out one in particular. That's John 3.16. Write it down in the comment section. You can quote it. This is one of the first scriptures that we ever learn as children. You know, this in addition to Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd. But what does John 3, 16 says? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. See, the heart of God for people is not to perish. God did not create hell for us. That is for the devil and for those who decided to fall or to follow the devil. Hell was never created for men, but the devil is the great deceiver. And right now, before Jesus Christ comes back, he is doing by any means necessary to draw by deception people to him. And as a result, those people who make the decision, because it's all the decision of your will, those people who make the decision to uh, not receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior have in all actuality made a decision to side with the enemy who is the devil. So, but that wasn't God's intent. So what I'm saying to you tonight is that we as believers, we have to now begin to think outside of our own own needs and want, wants, excuse me, my, my, my throat is dry here, our own needs and wants and begin to see and not only see but move in what God wants. You know, we've been created in God's image and in his likeness. And when we accepted Jesus Christ, we just didn't accept salvation for ourselves. 
but we have made a commitment and we have a responsibility to win as many as we can to Jesus Christ. Somewhere down the line, this has become complicated. And now we have to come back to why we were created. We are looking at our assignment inversely. Remember the scripture that I quoted earlier that says, first seek, first seek ye the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then after that, all other things will be added. But my brothers and sisters and friends and family who are joining us tonight, this is what is happening. We are seeking first all of the other things to be added initially. So we're starting from the outside, trying to work ourselves in. And it can't work like that. We can't seek the hand of God before seeking the face of God. And not only the face of God for us, but God's heart for people. We can't discard, discard God's heart as if it doesn't matter or trample on it like it, have, it, it, can, it deserves to be on the back burner. Somehow inside of us, people of God, we have to ask, we have to ask God to ignite our fire and our passion again for souls. It's like we have the cart before the horse. And there's no way the cart can move if the horse is behind it. So we have to stop. Think about where we are, how we're thinking, what type of mindset that we currently have in the body of Christ. Why aren't we growing? Why aren't we seeing people come to Christ as we read in the book of Acts? All through the Bible, especially in the book of Acts, we see people coming, flocking. They have a hunger and a thirst to want to know who Jesus Christ is. They have a hunger and a thirst for it. And I dare to say this, people are still hungry and thirsty, but they are now being filled with things that will never satisfy. And we're standing on the sidelines, filling our bellies with the things that gratify us. I'm talking about us, believers. As we are standing here or sitting here and we are watching people die in their sin. I don't know what the number was of people over the past couple of years since the pandemic has started that have passed away. But I know in that number, many, many people did not know the Lord. We have an obligation to redirect our passion back to that of God and his will for the earth. I'll never forget this. I wanna share this with you. I went with Pastor Jackson uh, back in 2007, it was seven of us. We went on the mission field with him to Africa. And 
It was an amazing trip. It was amazing to say the least. We were in an environment where people were, were walking for miles and miles just to hear the word of God. I was absolutely amazed at the passion and at what lengths the people would go to just to get a word. My faith was ignited. It was reignited when I saw droves of people coming to the Lord after Pastor Jackson would preach a simple message of repentance. I remember being in one, in one service, did not understand not one word they were singing. And we were coming up to the service, we were walking, and the praises of God went forth so amazingly that we were running to get to the meeting area. Did not understand one word that they were singing, but the atmosphere was so charged with the presence of God that it made us make haste to get to the meeting area. It was absolutely phenomenal. And once there, not understanding one word of the song, somehow the Lord, through his spirit, connected us with the brothers and sisters in song, knowing what was being said without knowing the language. The feel of it was absolutely phenomenal and amazing. I said, God, this atmosphere is charged. The people can just reach their hand out and be healed. All the people have to do is say, Father, what must I do to be saved? Why? Because the believers that were there were passionate about setting an environment that was conducive for the Spirit of God to touch hearts. You understand what I'm saying? We have to be committed to create, creating an environment that will be conducive for the Spirit of God to do the work. You see, we're not doing the work. I think that is in verse as well, another cart before, cart before the horse. We think that we are responsible for doing the work. We are not. The Bible says that as Jesus Christ is lifted up, Jesus will do the drawing. It is the Spirit of God that draws the heart of men to God. So, for us as believers, we have to make sure that our heart, our mind, our spirit is ready and willing to create, create an environment that gives a life wherever we are. But we've complicated the matter. So tonight, I want to give you a few um, things.
things that I think can be very applicable from the scriptures that will help you in your everyday life to uncomplicate what we have complicated when it comes to seeking and saving those who are lost. You know, sometimes it seems as if we don't know what to do or how to do it or how to approach people about Jesus Christ. I think the, the uh, culture has made us afraid to stand boldly in our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And, you know, and that angers me because everybody else who has their platform don't find it a problem to say what they believe in and then try to force you to believe in what they believe in. But as soon as you open your mouth to say Jesus Christ is Lord, now you are offending people. Saints of God, I'm going to encourage you tonight. You're going to have to grow tough skin because you will be rejected and you're going to have to have the so what mentality. So what? So what? This is what I believe. This is how I believe. If you make the decision not to accept Jesus Christ, I've done all I can do. We show Jesus Christ um, with gentleness, uh, our tongue seasoned with grace. We're not judgmental people, but we meet people at their place of need. It seems as if we are afraid to meet people or, or, or to call people on the carpet um, and meet them where they are needing Christ the most. All they can say to you is yes or no, or I don't want to hear that. That's all they can do. But you have to be able to stand before God and give an account for your life. You're going to have to do it. I'm not going to be able to stand on what my mother did in the earth. My children will not be able to stand on me because everybody is going to have to meet God for themselves and give an account and see what your works, if your works are going to stand up to the fire. So I want to give you tonight some ways, some very practical ways from the scripture in Matthew chapter 14 that can help you uncomplicate what we have complicated over the years. The first thing we see or I see is in verse 14. And let me go back to verse 14, okay? It says, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. So the first thing I want to tell you tonight is look around and see the need. Look around your immediate environment and see the need. I want to say to you that we may never, ever get back to church as we traditionally know it. So that means some of the positions that were held by you in the past 
in the church body, you may never, ever fill those positions like you once did, once did. There may never be a 25 or 50 voice choir able to sing uh, uh, safely. Or if there is one, if we ever returns to that, you better believe that there are going to be modifications and adjustments to the way we have done church. Our mindset has to change about how we do church. Inside the four walls is not where the bulk of ministry should take place. And you that have held positions in the church and, you know, done things and been on auxiliaries and committees, you're going to have to find a different way to minister to needs. We ministered to the body while we were in the church. But God has thrusted us out into the marketplace during this time, during the pandemic, to get us out of our comfort zones, to get us out of our complacency so that we can meet people in the marketplace and meet needs. The scripture said that Jesus saw them and he had compassion and heal their sick. So I wanna encourage you today to take note of your immediate environment. Have compassion on the people and heal them. Have compassion on the people in your environment and heal them. Can you do that? Can you go through your cell phone right now and before you go through it, say, God, help me. Show me someone that needs you today. Scroll through it. If you don't go through, if you don't go out much because you're trying to stay safe and stay in the house, scroll through your phone. Inquire of the Lord the need that you can meet in your contact list. Uncomplicate the complicated. Scroll through your friends list on Facebook and say, God, who can I reach out to in Messenger today? Who can I give an encouraging word today to today? You have to think outside of your box because my friends, we are in the marketplace. We have been thrusted into this place because we chose not to move out among the people. People of God, this is where we are. We have to move out among the people. Number two, from the scripture, it says this. As evening approached, we're still in Matthew chapter 14. It says, and this is verse uh, the next verse, as evening approached, the disciples came to him, talking about Jesus, and said, this is a remote place. And let's see here. And it is already getting late. Send the crowds away so that they can go to the villages and buy some food. Number two, stop passing the boat. 
word, B-U-C-K. Stop passing the bulk. Buck, I can't say the word. <laughs> we have been with our lack of engagement and really listen to what I'm saying here. We have been, as a result of our lack of engagement, sending the people into the villages to give, to get the food. Let that sink in right now for a moment. We have been sending the lost, the people who need Jesus Christ into the villages to give, to get the food. We have been given the enemy, the people on the silver platter because of our lack of engagement with the people or we're just not wanting, maybe our lack of engagement or we don't want to put forth the effort that it takes to win and, and nurture people in the word. We've been giving them over. Go to the villages and get your food. Find your fill in other things. But my friends, the people are only going to be filled uh, temporarily. There is nothing that this world can offer us that will make us all the way satisfied. Do you remember the woman at the well when Jesus took time to sit down and wait for her to come? I say that. He waited for her to come. He asked her to give him a drink. And you know how, the, how that particular scripture goes. She says, you don't have anything to, to drink with. And they, Jesus, number one, had compassion on her and met her at her place of need. Jesus Christ did not send her back into the village. He did not tell her, oh, well. He says, you know, the water, and I'm paraphrasing here, the water that you draw from this well is only temporary, but I have waters that will be everlasting, springing up inside of you. People of God, we got to pull the people away from the villages that we have sent them to get the food from and begin to feed them. We have to, we have to take ownership of it. Number three, here's number three, the, the third point here. So, we're going to verse 16, and let me read this again for you. Verse 16 says, Jesus replied, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. So number three, the need is crying out for the solution that lives inside of you. I'm going to say that again. The need in the marketplace is crying out for the solution that lives inside of you. You hear what I'm saying? The solution that the world needs lives inside of you. The solution that those who are, are not being satisfied lives inside of you. You feed the people. You give them something to eat. 
I know you may feel inadequate, and this moves me into my next point here. Um, stop thinking about what you have not being enough. Let me read this scripture here. This is my fourth point, and it says here, we have here only five loaves and two fishes. And I'm saying to you, you have what you need in order to feed the people. God never asked you to make sure that they have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You give what you have and feed. You give what you're able and feed. You may never know every scripture in the Bible. You may never know or be able to quote a scripture verbatim. Guess what? So what? Feed the people. Let them know Jesus loves you. If all you can think of to say is, I don't know what else to tell you, but this I do know. Jesus loves you with an everlasting love. Feed the people. You have to feed the people with what you have. You know, the church is supposed to be our watering ground. You're supposed to get filled up at the church, then go out. We can't continue to get filled and ever being filled, ever learning and never giving the truth to others. You feed the people. You are well able. You can do it. You have the ability. I ask this question and you write it in the comment section. Does the spirit of God live inside of you? Answer me. Write it in the comment section. If your answer is yes, you have what it takes to feed the people. I will never forget a sermon that Elder Jolo preached years ago. And the thing, the theme I remember out the, out the sermon that I have clinged to it. He says, I am a life giver. Wherever I go, life follows me. Life is behind me, in front of me, on the side of me. Whatever I say, whatever comes out of my mouth, it gives life. I produce life. If I'm not even saying Jesus' name, whatever I'm saying is going to produce life in the people that I'm around. My very life is a display, hallelujah, of the very glory of my great God. What about you? What about you? I remember back in the day, I used to feel some kind of way about not being able to see like you guys may see. It made me feel inadequate. But the Holy Ghost told me this. He said, you get yourself together. I have not made you imperfect. I've made you the way I've made you for such a time as this. You will be a life giver. And I'm saying that to you tonight. You are a life giver. Stop letting the enemy tell you that you don't have enough to give. After that woman at the well who just met Jesus barely got her feet wet. She dropped her water pot and went running to the village saying, come see a man. That's what you need to do. You need to drop your wash pot, your, your, your gathering, your, your water pot and just say, come see a man. Amen? Amen. You are a life bearer. You produce good fruit. You are adequate to minister to the lost. The next one, verse 18, Jesus says, 
bring them here to me, talking about the five loaves and the two fish. And my point here is this, whoever you are, whatever you are, any lack you may feel you have, Jesus is telling you today, bring it to him. Watch him make much out of your little. Watch God put his super on your natural. You have to be willing to yield every part of who you are to Jesus Christ so that you can be an, an, an aroma in the earth that brings people to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. How we're making sense here today. You have to start somewhere and you have to start now. We no longer can afford to waste time waiting for the most convenient time. Start now. Reconnect to the heart of God. Have compassion for people. Be a life giver. Don't start tomorrow after this live is over, after this convocation tonight is over. Look through your phone say, God, help me to win somebody to you. And if you don't win anybody that day, help me develop relationship with somebody that will see your light in me and want to know more about you. I want to leave you with three quotes, okay? The first one is this. The secret of getting ahead is getting started. You'll never win anyone to Christ if you don't try. Oh, and by the way, the last part of that scripture, after Jesus Christ took the bread and the fish, blessed it and broke it, fed 5,000, not including men and children. The Bible says that the disciples took up 12 baskets, basketfuls. So I say to you, once you pour out yourself, God will make sure that you are not left out. Okay? So give yourself all the way to Christ. Okay? So the first quote I say to you is, the secret of getting ahead is getting started. You can't just sit here. You have to start. Number two, you don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. You don't have to be a Bible scholar to start, but you have to start somewhere. And number three, and I hold tight to this one, and I just saw this one this week, last week. Purpose is rarely found, but often revealed. What does that mean? As you go, you will see the assignment. As you go, fulfill and complete the task. As you move, you will begin to see the purpose of your life unfold. Amen? I encourage you today to stop complicating what is not complicated. Let's uncomplicate the complicated. Can I pray with you tonight? Father, we thank you for this time in your presence. Father, we ask for your forgiveness. Somewhere down the line, we have looked at this thing inversely. And we began seeking your hand 
and not your face. And our hearts have become uh, rearranged, putting other things first instead of what pleases you the most. So Father, we repent. Repent. And we, we say, Father, help us to re-engage our passion for your heart. Let your heart be our heart. Father, forgive us for being selfish, self-serving, self-consumed, and not thinking about the need that is right in our immediate area, in our own environments, and Father, in a lot of cases, in our own homes. We want to be light bearers and life givers so that someone will come to you. We don't want to waste another day thinking about it, but we want to put it into action so that when we meet you face to face, you'll say to us, well done, and you'll call us good and faithful. In Jesus' name, we pray and give you thanks. Amen. Thank you. For the word of the Lord tonight, Minister Smalls, I pray that the word of the Lord has blessed your hearts. I pray that God has spoken to you. And we don't want to end the service without giving someone the opportunity to confess faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is the one God gave to be the su sufficient sacrifice for your sins and my sins. He died on the cross. <clears throat> He was sent to satisfy divine justice. For God's law says, the soul that sins shall surely die. We deserve death for our sins. But Jesus Christ, the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth, in whom there was no sin, no sin nature. He did not have human DNA. The righteous Son of God died on the cross for your sins, for my sins. Tonight, if you want Jesus to be your Savior and your Lord, will you pray this simple prayer with me? And if you are a backslider, listen, this time of consecration is not just for those who are, who, who are earnestly trying to follow the Lord, but it's to call those of us back who've kind of waned, who've, whose faith has failed, maybe who've fallen by the wayside. If you've heard the word of the Lord tonight, I want you to rededicate your life to the Lord. But I pray more importantly that you want to rededicate your life to the Lord. For the unsaved person, pray this prayer along with me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I cannot save myself. But I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. Save me from my sins. I receive you now, and I thank you, Lord, for my salvation. Amen. I know that's a simple prayer, but I also know that if it's prayed in faith, if it is the, the decision of your own will, even though you followed what I, how I led you in prayer, if it's the decision of your own will, the Lord heard you. 
The Lord accepted your prayer and your confession. The Bible says, as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the sons and daughters of God. He's heard you. He's received you tonight. For that person who's backslidden, it's a matter of confessing your sins, confessing your backslidden nature, and asking the Lord to forgive you. The Bible says, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Just ask the Lord to forgive you tonight. Ask the Lord to restore you. The Lord will do that. Now, for both of you, you need to be connected to a Bible-believing church so that you can grow. So write to us online in the comments section as someone paying attention. Let us know the decision that you've made. Give us your contact information, and we will follow up with you. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in tonight. Join us tomorrow night for the last night of Holy Convocation Worship. Amen.